0: Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Ooh. Ooh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ooh. Two seconds. Middleton. Oh. Yes! Oh. Chris Middleton. Back oh. hey, jumper. Got, Got it. it! Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am here as always with the reliable Rohan Kadi. Not a flashy word, but that, and it's an important thing. I think it's good to call you out for that, Rohan. How's it going?
2: I'm doing well. It's a windy day out here in Milwaukee. It's a little colder than it has been, but it's good. It's doing good. And there's the, there's the deleted tweet and retweet that we were referring to earlier before we yeah. you know, got on the bot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were just chatting before the pod, and we're, we're going to circle back to this um, after we get through our stocks. But it is buyout season. We have a lot of buyout chatter to go through. I thought the big news today that we were going to get to talk about was the Bucs having some interest in Brandon Knight, and now just as we launched our room here on Locker Room, we get from Shams Terrania twice because there was a typo in the first one. The Bucs are the leaders to sign Austin Rivers upon clearing waivers. He was just released from the OKC Thunder. So we will circle back to that and our thoughts on Rivers and potentially Knight and what the Bucks should do with both of their roster spots. But first, Rohan, we've got some buck stock market moves to make. And I think probably you're, you're leading the clubhouse now among the two of us because bud stock is not such a horrible a horrible minus anymore. Now it is just um, it's just a little bit of a minus. But you, I believe, have 212 units of value in the buck stock market. I have 202. So you've got me beat there. Um, who Neither of our shorts paid off. I had my scheme with Horst. Horst stock didn't move, so I didn't gain anything from shorting him or from investing heavily. Um, it looks like it probably will move by the next time we do one of these. But, um, yeah, who are you selling anyone this week to add to your buying power of 20, Rohan?
2: It's tough, uh, this week especially, because we had probably the most fun game of the season uh, last night, in my Point opinion.
1: Point the Nas's baby...
2: It was just, it was beautiful. It was incredible in all aspects. Uh, If you're talking like actual basketball terms, maybe not uh, for a majority of the game, but it was just, it was so much fun. So for that reason, we had so many different players playing and everything. And it was, uh, it was just fun, like I mentioned. So, you know, people are getting up stocks everywhere and it's just, it's tough to make decisions now, realistically. So I'm not entirely sure if I can sell anyone yet.
1: I'm, I kind of I was tempted to sell all of my Pat C stock. I have five shares of Pat that are now worth forty. Pat Coded and that's after a decrease in Pat stock, uh game forty four two games ago, um the second Celtics game that was just an absolute mess. But yeah, I I don't know if I can sell either. Giannis stock decreased week over week for the first time in a very long time. Not a good week for Giannis, and then he obviously sat out Saturday night's game. Uh horse doesn't move. I think I might just sit on what I have and invest here. I would love to just put all 20 in Brandon Knight stock, but unfortunately that's not how this works.
2: It really isn't considering he's not, not even on the
1: roster. Yeah, not on the roster. Correct. Correct. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't help with <laughs> uh, with buck stock market investing.
2: Okay. So what would be your first investment here?
1: Considering we're seeing, you know, due to some, some guys sitting out and some rest, we're seeing the kids play a little bit more, I think, although Wara had the biggest overall game maybe out of any of the kids, and by this I mean like Wara, Merrill, Diakite, and Axel Tupon, who plays now, which I just find delightful, I'm going to go ahead and pick up a share of Sam Merrill for seven. This is expensive, but I feel like Merrill's on the rise. He looks really good lately, like way better than I ever expected him to look in year one or ever in his career, considering he was the 60th overall pick. So, yeah, give me uh, give me the Merrill stock to start off here.
2: I might have to follow you in that regard. Uh, okay. <laughs> he he chased down Derrick Rose in transition last night.
1: Yeah, block, he a block. Incredible.
2: Yeah. That's
1: something else, I, man.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of showing near the end of the game that he was not used to the, playing this many minutes because he was yeah. absolutely bricking some shots. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> doesn't have his NBA legs under him quite yet considering he's never really been asked to play this role before which is so that's understandable right but yeah he's looking he's looking good given that might change given the news that we've been uh hearing now and then I, about well, uh potential additions so he's his brief stint in the rotation might come to an end soon i don't know i
1: i think the way he's played and the lack of you know, I think Rivers would be a, probably one of the most proven buyout guys available, probably the most proven. But I think he—it's not he's not overwhelmingly good enough to not have a competition, I think, with Merrill based on how well Merrill's played. Like, I really That's do fair. think, I That's think there, it's going to be kind of up for grabs, the, the backup point guard minutes. Like, I do think, we all know Bud loves vets, but when he does actually play a young guy extended minutes a couple times, we've seen, you know, that if the young guy plays well, we've seen them continue to get reps. I mean, look at Dante and how integral he's been to the team. It wouldn't surprise me if if Sam Merrill had a legit shot to beat out Austin Rivers or at least at least be in a timeshare type position. Like we've seen with the wings before, right? Where it's like one guy will play for a week or two, then another guy's kind of depending on matchup, all this. I think at the very least, Merrill's going to open up that kind of a situation to start. And then we'll see how everyone plays over the next few weeks.
2: Fair enough. Speaking of Dante, oh. give me a Dante stock. Oh, okay.
1: One Dante. So you're, you're taking down, going down to the wire here.
2: Yeah, I really am. Uh, it's, it's difficult because, like you were saying, we might have an influx of guards now on the team. But yeah. what I've been seeing from Dante recently, I think he might outplay them and we've seen in the past that when it comes down to like competition time he really sort of shows out so you know you know i'm feeling it i might be drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit here
1: ah you're drinking the Kool-Aid you're definitely drinking the Kool-Aid there's no if ands or buts about that
2: i'm taking a Dante i've i've sold him before it's we've had a love hate relationship you especially remember that that have not brought that up in a while <laughs> uh, <laughs> i do remember that so yeah give me a Dante
1: um Man, I don't have a ton of options here. I think, actually, you know what I'm gonna do? Well, I have 13 left. Quick mental math going on here. Let me get three shares of Brooke Lopez. Oh my! Goodness. You you like what you've seen from Dante? I like what I've seen from Brooke Lopez. And now the 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 price is at two. It was at three earlier this week. I could definitely see it going back up a little bit. I just, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Like, I I, I don't think he's all the way washed anymore. I think he's just a little bit washed. And I think a little bit washed, Brooke, is still a tenable player who can contribute good things. The shot selection is still going to absolutely, like, make me claw at my eyes sometimes. Like, when he starts one of his Brooke fadeaways inexplicably in the middle of the paint, when guys are semi-open with 13 seconds on the shot clock, I'm still going to, like, just scream in agony. But... I've seen some good things on both ends lately. I think the three-point shot will come around. It's been really bad in March, but I do think that that'll swing eventually. I'm going back in on Brook Lopez. I did not learn my lesson here.
2: That's that's fair. That's fair. I've been there, so I know exactly what you're feeling. It's It's understandable. And to be fair, like you mentioned, he's actually backing it up on the court. So you can't yeah. really argue with what he's produced since the All-Star break. So it's completely fair.
1: Justin is shocked we're not buying Thanast at 10 each. I, I just think
2: that's a little expensive.
1: It's it's a high price. It's a high price. And I, I am a little worried. I talk about the Icarus thing with Dante when like he flies too close to the sun. The heat check deep three at the end of the next game was such a bad shot. And I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. The great game he had overall might lead to some more questionable. See, see the thing antics. is, the thing
2: is that's the one time that I've seen that shot from that player and it's been like, you know what? That's okay. Honestly, like he was four, four from three. That's not a very bad shot. He'd made a deeper one.
1: Am I going full Paul George here by saying that's a bad shot? Am I, am I salty? Am I taking the L here? I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, given like I did think like I, I honestly did not have a single belief in my mind that that shot was going to go in.
1: But I also but, didn't think the first four were gonna go in, so who am I to judge?
2: That's fair. That's fair. But <laughs> I I applaud the effort. I'll say that. I applaud the audacity. And you know what? He deserved to take that shot. He deserved to take that shot. That's what I'll I say. don't
1: disagree. I don't disagree with you. Um I have seven buying power left. I'm gonna go again. You can't really do anything. I don't I know cannot. what Yeah, you're just gonna I'm we're both gonna end up with one. I'm also gonna take three PJ Tuckers. Okay. Um, just gonna go in. I, I know um, I don't think he's going to play big minutes right away, potentially. But I, this, again, these these last two just feel very long-term for me. Like, they, these guys are going to be important players for the team. They're going to play. And I, I think I can ride out some – I think I can ride out some positive value here on P.J. Tucker and Brooke Lopez. I think both of them, they're going to be in the rotation. They're going to have enough good games. Hopefully. <laughs> the team is kind of a mess right now, but I think it's going to come together soon. And I, I don't know. I feel good about it.
2: You know what? That's fair. Do we know how long he's going to be out still?
1: No. I, I haven't heard anything, at least. The Bucks, I feel like, are mis- they're quietly one of the worst teams with not really disclosing that much about injuries and statuses. wonder why. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to uh, – well, who's your short of the week? Short Whose stock the- are you shorting? Who you do not believe will have a good week for the Milwaukee See, Bucks?
2: The most reasonable – option here is Thanasis, but I just can't I can't do it.
1: I can't. Yeah, that's evil. It, it would that's break my heart to do it. so I'm not yeah. going to do it. I, I just love, as an aside, I just love that there's now a movement saying like, if you don't enjoy the Thanasis experience you don't know what Joy is. Whether you think he's a good player or not I'm glad that that's where, it seems like that's where the consensus of Bucks Twitter is going. I'm not nearly as interested in arguing about what Thanassus's actual ability level is as I am to just like savor every minute of the thanasty experience I mean, that's like, where yeah, i'm at this is,
2: this is just a general take on discourse on twitter in general i know this is a hot take but enjoy enjoy your enjoy your life
1: yeah and enjoy, enjoy basketball katie yeah. tweeted that today nba fans hate basketball i hate the nba or whatever it was he said
2: exactly like why not have fun why not try to be happy like I, I don't feel like that's such a bad thing to try and do and don't hate on other people who are trying to be happy.
1: All that said, I'm shorting Wara, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of like the, I guess the whole short is kind of the antithesis of just enjoy basketball. And I love that Wara had a, a good, a good game. I think that was great after I, I was a little low on him. I was saying, you know, I, I see Sam M now as, as better uh overall. Prospect than war. War came out in bald, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just still a little skeptical of him being able to put it all together like that consistently over like multiple weeks, not just one really good game. I think there's just some flashes of like defensive lapses and sometimes offensive lapses, but the tools are there. Um, I, I think he's intriguing. I'm glad that they picked him up in the second round, but. I'm going a short war I just it's just so believable to me that if he's if he gets in a position again where he's going to play a lot of minutes that he could like shoot two for ten or something in not that many minutes like he's got a quick trigger, and guys like that are susceptible to some stinky shooting nights if the situation is right.
2: Fair enough. I can't really argue I did pick uh war as my short last week. It did not pay off uh well, last week you had Dante. Two Last weeks week ago, I, I think to... you had wore Oh, two weeks I had Warren. Was it not this week? No, it was two
1: weeks ago. I'm looking at the spreadsheet, Rohan. Don't question the spreadsheet. So am I. So you're looking week seven is below.
2: Oh, I'm just dumb. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're
1: looking at week six. We, we had week seven was. I moved it down so I could actually see it because your stocks extend all the way off the freaking screen because your portfolio is okay. too diverse.
2: Okay, Uh, aside from me not being able to uh, read a Google spreadsheet, uh, (laughs) my short's probably going to be (sighs) – this is tough. This is tough, I will say, but I'm going to have to go with Bryn Forbes again. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm back on it. I'm back on it. I took a break, but he has not really been shooting the ball that well recently especially I, I love especially this last night
1: I love this reverse jinx I feel like we're gonna get an eight for eight game yeah, from from exactly. Brent after this you're doing yeah, you're doing not, God's right? work so every time you short Brent yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I, I would get buying power on the stock market or when Forbes <laughs> is shooting lights out like it's a it's a win-win that
1: is a win-win okay I, we, I like that we both went with the same type of like gunner I feel like that is the that is probably the way to go with uh with the short, right? Like,
2: I mean, they are the most volatile. Exactly. Stock.
1: Exactly. Okay, should we move to buyout news?
2: Okay, let's do it.
1: So I, I thought Brandon Knight was going to headline this, as I mentioned. No longer. Austin Rivers, released by the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Milwaukee Bucks, are the leaders in the clubhouse to signing him. There's strong mutual interest be- between the sides, as per Sham's. What are your overall takes on Austin Rivers, Rohan?
2: Well, I feel like uh, Buck's Twitter has sort of uh, claimed Austin Rivers as a part of the roster even before like he was traded to the Thunder.
1: Yes. Yes. He's been it's, – it's kind of funny that it actually worked out, right? Because I feel like he's been one of the guys that everyone's targeted since he was still on the Knicks. And the man got traded, did not immediately get waived, Kind of the the last update we got before today when we got this new news was there were Presty was talking to his reps to figure out next steps. They already sent El Horford home for the year, which I want to touch on later, because it's simply hysterical. Um but yeah, uh, Austin Rivers now actually is gonna end up probably with the Bucks after all these all these assumptions for like several weeks now, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Austin Rivers has had a He's had an interesting career, I'll say that. But even though he was much maligned for his days in the Clippers for being a Doc Rivers kid on the team that Doc Rivers is coaching, ever since he left the Clippers, he's actually been a pretty valuable contributor. And people have realized, oh, this guy might actually be an NBA player and it's not just nepotism. So that's not really been the whole case in his time with the Knicks played 21 games, averaging 7.3 points, shooting over 50% from two, uh, just a shade uh, above 36% from distance. Not really doing a whole lot, but who knows? Is he actually washed or is he just not playing an ideal role for a Knicks team that doesn't really need him?
1: Also, I mean, you say not doing a lot, but compared to most of the other like actual buyout point guard options... That's actually a ton of production. (laughs) Like a lot of these other guys are not hitting 40% from two, much less 50. And Rivers is 51 this year, 49 the year before, 52 the year before. So if he can do anything, at least he can make shots within the arc, which after watching the DJ Augustine experience for so long, it was like a couple months, but it felt like so long. It'll just be nice to have a backup point guard who can actually hit a shot within the arc. Um, and Augustine wasn't really hitting his shots outside the arc either I do think we could see Rivers's three-point percentage trend up I don't think it's going to be like you know he's not going to be on the Portis Forbes level of like 48 percent or something crazy but in his time playing a lot with the Clippers he hit 37 percent twice 36 percent with the Knicks so far as you mentioned 35 percent with Houston last year I would guess 35 to 38 percent somewhere in there which is like what you'd call league average territory which I think is fine like He can score within the arc. He can pass a little bit, two assists per game in just 21 minutes so far this season. I don't know. Like at least he's productive. I think the thing about Rivers is like he's shown recently as recently as this season, he's still a competent NBA player. You couldn't really say that about a lot of the options. I mean, we'll get to Brandon Knight. He has not played in the NBA this year. Uh, Teague was not good in the NBA for most of this season. Guys like Isaiah Thomas did not play at all this year. Like, it's a lot of guys who you're just hoping that they're going to come back and be able to play like they did in past seasons. At least with Rivers, it's like, okay, we've seen it this year. Like, we know for a fact this guy is ready to come in and play rotational minutes. That was not true for all the targets. So I think this feels like the safest buyout point guard play to me. I think that's why I like it.
2: Yeah, it's fair. I like the way you said he's the safest option. It's uh, And that might be honestly the best option, right? In the sense that you have someone, you're not really banking on them, uh, you know, uh, coming off of injury You're you're not really saying, oh, this guy, he's rehabilitated his injury. He's coming back. He can actually produce. No, this guy has actually proven that he can produce right now. So that's probably why he's the best option out there. And I'm glad he's actually, uh, there's mutual interest with him and the Bucks.
1: Yeah, same here. I saw Eric shared a, a poll from Bucks lead in the comments here, basically just Austin Rivers, yes, no. Overwhelming yes uh, voting so far. And I also voted yes. So I feel good to, to be in the majority on this one. Yeah, I just think, sure. yeah, I just think for a bio guy, I don't think you can do much better than
2: this. That's true. That's true. There, I mean, given historically, like the buyout market is never incredible or anything. So this is probably as good as you can get. I, we, we were talking the same thing about Marvin Williams last year. And I think uh, Austin Rivers is a more proven player than Marvin Williams was at that stage of his career. Am I wrong? I'd say they're roughly on the same level. I thought the Marv signing was really good, actually. I thought it was really good, but also like he wasn't producing at an insane level for Charlotte last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Rivers isn't exactly doing that either.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
1: I'd say they're around the same level. And I think like they got a useful player out of Marv. The threes didn't fall when it mattered, which stunk. But I do think the nice thing about this year is they're in less of a, the Bucks are in less of a position to rely on the buyout addition, right? Like I think we're looking at it and we're already saying, you know, this Rivers could come in if he is indeed signed. And, be in a platoon slash competition with Sam Merrill from the jump for like almost luxury minutes. Like neither player I think figures to slot in the top eight or nine on the roster. I think if anything, it would just be because having another point guard to grease the wheels a little bit when Drew Holiday sits would be nice. It's it's a minor role at best. I think the Bucks will need less from Rivers than they would than they did from Marvin Williams. Although
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It is kind of nice. I mean, I don't think anybody would be mad if Rivers played so well. You, you kind of had to open up rotational minutes for him. I feel like that you, there's less of an expectation, but there's still a decent amount of upside with the signing.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's definitely a lot of upside with the signing. Uh, we're, we're talking a lot about how he's the best option available. Do you want to do you want to go on a little uh, rant about uh, who else might be available for the Bucks?
1: I do. Indeed. I do. Indeed. And I think we're going to just bounce around some topics here.
2: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff
0: and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to marketplace wherever you get your podcast finally we get
1: some contentious decisions being made in real time. So this should be fun. But I do want to talk about Brandon Knight. I, I've yes, seen sir. I've seen some negativity already. And I mean, I do get it. Um, not exactly a great career since leaving the Bucks. You know it's bad when you go to pull him up on Basketball Reference and the name isn't even bolded right now on the search because he hasn't played since 2020. So not even listed as an active NBA player at this point, uh, which obviously isn't great. But you look at, You know, that half season in Milwaukee, five-plus years ago now, but he was great, 18 points, five-and-a-half assists, 1.6 steals, should have been an all-star. Then he goes to Phoenix and has a terrible end of the season amidst a lot of injuries, does not look good at all, shoots 35% the rest of the the way um, and just 13 points. But then the next full season, he scores nearly 20 and adds more than five assists per game again. So it's like kind of looked like the old Brandon Knight, but he only plays – in 52 games just injuries again really brutal there and I think he misses pretty much all of the next season with his ACL he had some infection with some of his surgeries that complicated his recovery when he was in Houston he played sparingly in Cleveland didn't do a lot plays a little bit in Detroit actually like put up some some numbers in Detroit like at least 11 points and and four assists per game so pretty much out of all the options I don't think anyone is putting up better assist numbers than Knight but He shoots 35% from two with his piston stint uh, and 38% from three and shot a lot of threes actually, seven and a half. So some flashes there, like, I don't know. It it all depends on how he is. He's
2: 29, by the way. He's
1: only 29. And I think it's actually great for him that he hasn't played since, I mean, Detroit obviously did not go to the bubble last year. So he has not played since pre-bubble basically. I think that's actually ideal for him because I think this is a guy who just needed some time to get right and recover and like get his body to a good place instead of trying to quickly heal up to get the next contract. Like that might be a great thing for his career that he had, you know, the year plus off. I would just love it, man. I mean, Brandon Knight, a lot of listeners know this, like my first favorite buck. I saw him hit a game winner against the Celtics in the BMO Harris Bradley center on Brandon Knight bobblehead day. A legendary moment. He had a lot of clutch shots in that season. And listen, certainly not expecting that 18-point-per-game guy back, not expecting him to be a starter, anything like that. But it would be awesome if he does truly look right. And the Bucks have now seen him work out twice. So this isn't like a shot in the dark. This is the team thinks he looks good. Nice. Yeah, because didn't they – or was it just – was Miami the only workout they saw? Uh,
2: I believe so. I oh, maybe I just one anything else besides that.
1: I thought, I thought the way the tweet was worded initially made it sound like they had now seen him twice. He worked out with the Bucs on Saturday. No, yeah, they've worked out with him twice. So he worked out oh, with the okay. Bucs on Saturday. So I, just, and, I
2: just can't read today.
1: And they saw him work out in Miami earlier this year. So clearly cool. the front office is, is, is liking what they're seeing, which is good. Um, I, I think there's potential there, and I would not mind taking a swing, especially I think this is the nice part if you land Rivers, like you already have the high floor play when it comes to buyout guys, why not swing for the fences on B night?
2: Yeah, why not? And you can especially because you can wait on Brandon Knight till that April whatever date uh, to really get like the second buyout guy. Okay. Yeah, because they, you know, still want to take into account the financial implications and and everything like that. Because of course, they, of because course, you, they want to duck the luxury tax.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I, I guess the you... one thing with that too is. So the buyout date is a little confusing I think to people. Like the actual buyout market deadline people talk about, it's not that they need to sign the player by then. It's that the player can't be on a team by then. So Knight hasn't been on a team in forever. So they could as long as he doesn't sign somewhere else and get waived, they could basically sign him at any time and he'd be playoff eligible.
2: Yeah, they could sign him the day before the playoffs and
1: he I wouldn't there. recommend them doing that, but yeah. No.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's it would be a, such a good narrative, wouldn't it? The guy who sort of helped jumpstart this uh, Milwaukee franchise back into relevancy, coming on and potentially winning a title with them. Oh, can you man. imagine that?
1: I really can't, honestly. Like to watch Giannis, Chris, and Brandon Knight win a title together, could, I couldn't even imagine, dude. Like,
2: can you imagine watching... someone telling you that, like, in twenty? Uh, 2014. Yeah. That like that late
1: 2014. Yeah. Like December, 2014. Like, by the way, these guys are going to win a title in 2021. And
2: Oh, and Brandon Knight's going to be a bio guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Brandon kid. Knight's going to be backing up drew holiday. Oh my goodness. I would love it. And I do feel like this is one of my most ridiculous takes. Justin asked Thon come back as an assistant coach. Why not? Um, yeah, he can come back in actually, the, the KG actually, role. Not. They're the same age. Yeah. Um... Oh <laughs> I do feel like John Horst this this last year or so has like kind of righted some of the wrongs of the Giannis era in a way. And I'm not saying he's done a perfect job or anything like that. But just like, I don't know, it almost feels poetic to me, like potentially signing Brandon Knight after that awful, awful MCW trade. Going and getting Bobby Portis for the biannual after the Bucks foolishly did not draft him when everyone knew they should have drafted him. Um, finally upgrading the point guard from Bledsoe to to who that Giannis clearly needed in Drew Holiday, finally getting the right stretch four after trying and, and kind of failing last year to optimize Giannis at the five. I don't know. Like, it's just a lot of the things that are happening I like a lot. Even if they're not the most popular or optimal moves, I'm just, I don't know. It's, there's something special about this run, Rohan. I feel it. I feel it.
2: It it really is. I can feel. It. I will say objectively, if they have to choose one, they should choose Austin Rivers. However, if they can yeah. get both, you got to do it. You got to do it for the narrative. I mean, you freaking signed Brandon Jennings like two years ago. Like, come on,
1: you can do that. Yeah, this. Pe- people are comparing these. I don't know, man. I I I just feel like Knight has more to offer at this point.
2: He might. He definitely. If he looks good. If he looks <laughs> yeah, good. And exactly. Brandon Jennings
1: actually had a pretty good game with the Bucks, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of that signing. Um, the funny thing was they got him with the herd and he wasn't terrific with the herd. And then they called him up anyway. And it was kind of like, Oh, I, I see what's going on here. Yeah, um, we're
2: kind of doing this because we have to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, let's, uh, let's close this, this herd year with some strong attendance numbers and some strong bucks attendance numbers. Um, if anyone wants to come up, speak, ask a question, whatever, feel free to request to speak. We're just going to start bouncing around and stuff here. So I had a poll from the Eurostep account a while back. That basically was like, what would you like to see them do with the two roster spots? Two swings at point guard, point guard and wing, or point guard and big. And I think point guard and wing won pretty resoundingly, if I recall correctly. I agree that like big should not have won. I just I don't think they have minutes for the guys they have right now. Anyway, um, I, I don't think they should look at. I'm glad that none of the big men have signed with the Bucks. I didn't think any of them would. Uh, we can run through where they all went and what we think of those things, but. There's just no minutes like between Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Diak- or not Diakite, between Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Bobby Portis at the five, and then P.J. Tucker and Portis and Giannis at the four, there's not even really room for Diakite this year as good as he's looked at times. So fine with not going with a big. So then the question is really one point guard is a necessity, obviously. But what do you think now, Rohan, looking at what we've seen and, and just what the landscape is? Would you rather take them take two swings at the point guard or as I think you said last time, a one point guard, one wing player?
2: I think I still feel the same way in the sense that we now know that you can get Austin Rivers on the buyout market and they probably will. And given that there's not really, there's just not that many options this year, Ty. No, there's there not. There really isn't. Like Austin Rivers is the best option. Realistic, like. Realistically, yeah. The other options were really bigs. We had Lamarcus Aldridge who signed with Brooklyn. We have Gorgi Zheng who's now going to the Spurs. I mean, I guess Marquise Chris is going to be available now.
1: uh Out for the year.
2: Out for the year? Yes. That's I why. The, that's why the Warriors I, traded yeah, him. Yeah, I remember yeah. that.
1: Yeah, he's out for the year. Oh, so yeah. that was just okay, that, that was that. all salary stuff. He's actually, I wouldn't mind taking a swing on him, but there's there's just no minutes is the issue. But he's actually looked kind of good in Golden State. I I. I'm kind of, I'm kind of high on Marquise Chris going forward. I actually think he could be an intriguing player, Um, but (laughs) that's fine. It's not, not this year. It's not a this year thing, no matter what. Uh, And Drummond looks like he's going to the Lakers, but is still, still unsigned at this point.
2: Drummond just wants to feel like the bell of the ball.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. It's like, yeah, like he's, he's probably taking like as many visits as possible just to, Get that, get that, uh, serotonin rush, right? Like when you look at how how good your IG picks do, like every five minutes.
2: I mean, yeah, who who can blame them? Like, I would probably do the same thing.
1: <laughs> Plus, like, imagine <laughs> the free dinners he's getting right now.
2: Ooh, not that I imagine he has trouble paying for dinner, but
1: no, but like, food and alcohol taste better when it's free.
2: That's true. That's like, really way
1: better. Way a free steak? Oh my god, <laughs> it's a different level. I I, I I digress, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Just the market's bare. I think I have a I have a an if. I always have an if, right? I'm going point guard and point guard unless, or I guess the only way I'm not, is if Otto Porter actually hits yep. the market. Like, that's just – he would be the best player, I think, available out of everybody by a healthy margin. Uh, you could argue Drummond. You could argue Dang, honestly. I, I think Gorgie Jang is, is actually quite good, and I'm glad he's going to San Antonio and not to – brooklyn or to uh, i guess really just brooklyn i guess miami actually could have really used him as well but um glad he's going out west to a non-contender um but i think auto porter would just be a game changer he's just such a good player being able to add him at this point of the season for basically nothing would just be such a no-brainer that i would do that over adding even over my you know my heart says brandon knight but if you can get auto porter you get auto porter um but I think otherwise I'd probably just take two swings at guard unless somebody else that we're not even thinking of becomes available as as a wing. I don't I don't know who else is out there right now that I'm really even interested in as a, in terms of wing players.
2: Yeah, this is why I was saying it's important to realize that Brandon Knight can be signed at any time because you can yeah. wait as long yeah. as you need to. So if Otto Porter becomes available, you have a chance to go get him. And if that doesn't work, sure, then you can go sign Brandon Knight. But, yeah, I completely agree. If you can get Otto Porter, you go get Otto Porter.
1: (laughs) I almost (laughs) wonder if that's going to be the play, is, like, put out this Brandon Knight smoke, secure Rivers, who, like, you can't wait on him. He would be a hot commodity. Like, the buyout market just is what it is. Like, you kind of have to take what you can get. You don't want to let Rivers sit. Like, if you can lock him down, I think you just do it. Plus, they just need a freaking point card, man. Like, the roster is only at 13 guys, not counting two ways. But I, I kind of like what you said there about you can wait on the rest. Just maybe you wait it out, and maybe you give as uh, Gus just asked. Can Brandon Knight be signed to a ten day? I uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Ten uh, day contracts are open. I think that would be a, a very smart move. I think the Pacers just signed somebody on a ten day, right? I believe so. Uh, they they just they opened up a roster spot with the guy you hate because of my team to uh, Jalen to McHugh, yeah. Jalen McHugh, you're my team nemesis. So yeah, I think uh, I think that definitely they could sign Brandon Knight to a 10-day and kind of just see what's going on there. And at, just to Rohan's point, I want to circle back and, and finish the thought. Sign Rivers now, get that security, and then maybe you just wait and see. And maybe you give Brandon Knight the audition, and if it goes well, you end up bring it going around and getting him. But you can also monitor, like, is anything changing with Otto Porter? You know, is Does someone we don't even know about right now end up hitting the market that we would like to add, and, and they have interest in, in signing with Milwaukee? that's probably the play like wait until the actual buyout deadline date when players have to be waived by to make the decision on the second roster spot. And it's a win-win for the bucks because they can say it's a strategic wait, but it also saves them money.
2: Exactly. And they always, they always manage to. There's always, there's always another reason, right? It's
1: never just the money.
2: Yeah. Eric says, now we got point the NASIS. I completely agree. Uh, I feel like this entire discussion is fraught because the point uh, backup <laughs> point guard is already on the roster.
1: I, I We might have to do like a video of us just watching all of the Thanasis possessions from that game. And just like, I don't even think we do any analysis. I think we just cackle I was, the whole time. I was
2: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. When I was watching that game, I was just cackling most of the time.
1: Maybe that's going to be our, <laughs> what we do bad. on Twitch. Instead of doing live pods, it's just us watching Thanasis and cackling.
2: Honestly, that'd be, that'd be great. I, I would enjoy that a lot. I don't know if it'd be good content for people to watch. I'd really enjoy it though.
1: Yeah. So we have a, another question in the chat. I want to ask, I, I like, I like this one. Carlo asks, was George Hill an elite ad to a team before the bucks traded for him? Then also added, seems like G Hill was a shell of himself before he was rejuvenated in Milwaukee. It's a great point. Um, I thought George Hill was maybe just going to get waved right away when he showed up with the bucks because he was really like out of favor and, and hating life in uh in the Kings before he ended up coming over and, and then also the Cavs. It wouldn't shock. I, I don't think he had much perceived value around the league before that playoff run. Like I think
2: I would disagree.
1: You would disagree. I feel like I he was, he not... was
2: still viewed, I thought he was still viewed as a uh, an actual asset, but he just was on bad teams and not playing. Like, he signed with the Kings when the Kings signed him and Vince it's Carter. like three years,
1: $57 million or something.
2: Yeah. Just, like, what are you going to do? Turn that down? And then they just didn't play him. And then he gets traded to Cleveland. And he does play for the Cavaliers. Like, he, he had the chance to tie the game and send them to uh, a win in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Like, he was on the floor for Game 1 of the NBA Finals. <laughs> and he, he was actually doing well. And then, you know, LeBron leaves. And then you have all this and all that. And then he gets traded to Milwaukee. Like, I thought he was still a valuable commodity.
1: I guess I didn't. I, I think my take is that I just don't think people thought of him at all. I, I almost feel like the league kind of forgot. It, I, obviously, I, I overlooked the finals. I mean, that's a great point. The missed free throws that Cavs fans definitely did not forget. Um, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't seen as that big of a deal when the Bucks got him, though.
2: Yeah, that's fair. It like, wasn't, trade
1: wasn't the trade more about salary, I feel like, the initial reporting than... Like, I feel like yeah, it was reported more get... as a salary dump than Bucks get George Hill.
2: Yeah, because they did give up John Henson and Deli and a pick. So that's really viewed as a salary dump. But I think it was reported later that they tried to get Corver in that deal as well before he was sent to Utah. So maybe if those two were packaged together, it would have been perceived a little better uh, for Milwaukee's end instead of just a salary dump. But I don't know. I think he was... I thought he was a decent asset. And then I do agree with uh, Carlo that he did rejuvenate himself a little bit in Milwaukee. He looked more like, you know, the classic George Hill that we'd been used to seeing like seven years ago. But yeah,
1: well, I also think, too, that this ties into like sometimes contracts really alter how players are perceived. Like George Hill was still on huge money with a small guarantee when he got traded to the Bucks, So that's why. I think it was seen as more of a salary dump than anything because the Bucks flipped their guaranteed money owed to the players so drastically by making the trade, and it was known that, like right away, that he would be waived even after a great year with the Bucks. But they were luckily able to re-sign him. Um, I, I just think that like contracts color how people look at players so much. Like all the time, I'll see a player who's fine on a huge deal, and I I can just tell like the second he gets bought out or that deal expires and he signs on a more manageable contract, everything's going to flip about him. So like now that George Hill is making whatever he's making, like $8 million instead of like $18 million. I feel like that alone changes how people look at him around like the, especially on Twitter. Cause everyone on Twitter is now an armchair GM.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, I think that's just a general discourse sort of problem, <laughs> but yeah. 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 Who else does that really affect? Like, Uh, John Wall I'd say that really affects like John Wall's been decent this year
1: Uh, yeah I think Jeng Gorgie Jeng yeah he's one of those guys he's been making huge money I think James Johnson is going to get off a huge deal soon and he'll probably sign somewhere for like a biannual and everyone will be like oh my god he's so good and it's like he's the same player he just makes a fourth of the money now so it just feels better
2: yeah yeah that's fair I mean that doesn't matter let's not get that wrong that doesn't matter
1: well, it does matter, but I i just, I mean, the, Not the, as the much play as people doesn't want to think. Oh, yeah. Brendan nailed it. Batum is the the perfect example. Batum yes. was literally unplayable. And now on a minimum on the Clippers, he's like a freaking starter.
2: <laughs> and he's just perceived so differently because of the value.
1: Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, Batum and on can...
2: a minimum is starting for this team. It's like if it was Batum on like 25 million years starting for this team, it's like, oh my goodness, this is what you're getting out of Nick Batum.
1: Also, I think it shows how important roles are and the fact that like now that Batum is the fifth guy on the floor at all times, he looks a lot better than when he was signed. Basically, it, the, the similarities between the Horford and the Batum thing in Charlotte are kind of eerie. Like it was really the same concept both times. It's just – or not Horford, excuse me, um, Hayward and Batum. But it's like Hayward's actually good enough to live up to it, it so far. Or Batum was never, never really that guy. Always a complimentary player. They tried to make him a featured player. It didn't work out.
2: True, true. You wanna, you wanna talk about Horford because you just, uh, you've just brought him up.
1: I clearly have Horford on my mind, right?
2: Clearly. So he was. Uh, the news broke yesterday that uh, him and the Thunder have agreed that he is not going to be playing the rest of the season. I don't think he's been sent home, per se. I think it's he's he's going to remain with the team, work out in the team's facility and stuff like that. He's gonna be like a a mentor for the young players, but it's just like they can't buy him out because he still has two years left after this season. <laughs> on yeah. a massive, massive contract. Good good job, uh what's his name?
1: Ainge, right? Elton
2: Brand. Elton Brand.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. They stole him and it did not work out.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's a thing.
1: There's so, much, there's so much reporting going on in this decision. It's literally four Woj tweets. I'm going to read them all because I think they're kind of hilarious. Okay. ESPN sources. As the Oklahoma City Thunder turned to younger players in the nightly rotation, five-time All-Star center Al Horford will no longer be active for games this season. Horford plans to remain with OKC teammates and train at the team's facility. After season, Horford will have two years, 53M, left on deal, and Sam Presti has pledged to work with Horford and his agent, Jason Glushon, I wonder who gave Wojus well, info, on finding a destination that fits better with this stage of his career. Horford's statement, I know what it's like to be a young, aspiring player, and at this point, this season, I understand how important playing meaningful minutes is for their careers and their developments. Horford quote part two, I look forward to supporting the guys who supported me. When I arrived, I understood the direction of the team. We had a great individual plan in place for me. And I feel like as a result, I have played really good basketball for the Thunder. Why? Why was any of this necessary? Why did we need I, all this I introspection?
2: understand who cares this much. <laughs>
1: like a two tweet statement from Al Horford saying, yeah, I'm washed. I get it. I'm not important here. Why
2: did he have to type that up? Why did it? Who needed the explanation? I don't know why they even need to dis- come out with this. Why couldn't they just not play him?
1: I like, think one tweet, one tweet, like Al Horford is just going to train and, and get ready for next year, right? Like we all know the deal. We all understand what's going on in OKC. They don't want to win it's games. It's happened
2: so often this year. Like we had it with Drummond. We had it with Aldridge. Uh, who else did it happen with? Or is it just those two? Blake Griffin.
1: Blake Griffin. Yeah, it's just it's just a thing that happens in the league now, I guess. But Al Horford wanted to wanted to air it out and make sure everyone understood that it's just because he's washed.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess the difference is, like, those three uh, that I had just mentioned, were they could get bought out. Uh, yeah, they were, they were, they were going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So he just can't get bought out. I, just, I, 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 I wonder I, how they're going to trade him. I wonder I love, what team is going to trade for that.
1: I just love the sentence. Sam Presti has pledged to work with Horford and his agent on finding a destination that fits. Trust me, man. I'm trying to get you the hell out of here. Super bad. Like, we're on the same page. I want to like, uh, send you somewhere. It's, it's just like when a mom
2: Shumpert requested a trade from the Cavs like three years ago. And it's like, bro, we're already trying to trade you. Yeah. Like we're on it, man. <laughs> like doing? this is
1: also something we want. It's just not easy.
2: Yeah. And you just publicly coming out with this just does not help at all.
1: Yeah. Like maybe make more buckets and less trade demands and we can make this happen, my guy.
2: Yeah. And I love how they said like, we're not going to play him so he doesn't get injured and hurt his trade value. I don't know if you could hurt his trade value. <laughs>
1: I actually, I've really. My hot take was I thought they were going to find a deal for Horford this season. I thought somebody would do it, but clearly, just like nobody wants to move the salary to bring him in. I, I want. I don't think he's going to get bought out. I think they will trade him eventually. I, I mean, they're they're certainly wrapping him in styrofoam to supposedly keep him fresh. Um, I don't know. It's it's just
2: he's working so hard.
1: <laughs> Four tweets, man. Come on, It's Like I remember. Three years ago, like the agent favors thing was out there, but it wasn't this out there. Like four tweets to say Al Horford is out, sitting out for the year because he's old and they don't want to play him. Like I just didn't think it took four tweets.
2: Yeah, Woj couldn't even get the he couldn't even get the report of uh the Brandon Knight workout. It was uh Mark Spears he was to too
1: me. busy. He was too busy getting the inner scoop on why exactly L. Horford isn't playing. He had he priorities, Rohan.:
2: Yeah. <clears throat> if I am right though, uh, Mark Spears also had the uh, Brandon Jennings news a couple of years back.
1: Oh God. <laughs> who knows i you know, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I do think, I do think you have to do the 10 day first and kind of see what you have. I, I think that's just the right call with uh with Brandon Knight
2: yeah for sure uh there's one other player we have not talked about in terms of buyout oh uh, breaking news oh shoot what happened
1: Andre Drummond will sign with the Lakers when he clears waivers at 5 p.m eastern there's gonna be a moment when LeBron is back like remember when he looked at JR and it became a great meme we might get one of those a week with Drummond
2: oh it's gonna be great I demand the ball and it's going to be like, LeBron's going to look at him like, what on earth do you think you're doing?
1: The thing about Drummond is he doesn't have to demand the ball. He's such a good rebounder. He will end up with it and he'll just do what he wants with it from there. And that's, that's when you get full court, Andre Drummond point, point Dre chucking threes. Yeah. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get at least two LeBron Jr moments with Drummond uh, in this playoff run for them, which is just beautiful. Uh, Brendan asked if we talked about Otto Porter. We did a little bit. Um, definitely, we're gonna push this on the feed. So if you're not already subscribed to the Eurostep, um, it's on everywhere. Podcasts are. You can find it on our Twitters. It's also on Twitter at Eurostep Podcast. We did, but the the too long didn't listen is definitely. You sign him immediately if you can, because he's the most impactful player who would be available for sure.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, Justin. Yeah. Let, let's uh, we got uh Let's get Justin up here. What's how's it going, Justin? What do you what are you, you feeling about running.
2: the Bucks? Yeah, so I had to get in on this. I, I was thinking about the Austin Rivers deal, and assuming it actually goes through, what promises do you think Horst and the Bucks actually made to Austin mm. Rivers? Do you think they told him you're going to compete with Dante for the starting two guard, or is he just coming, assuming he might get you know ten minutes at backup point guard? Ooh, good question, I Justin. Think you have to give him the role of backup point guard i mean like he's used to not starting games at this point he has started six games uh over the last two years so he, he's used to being a bench player it's it's more it's more backup point guard like you were saying i think it might be a little more than 10 minutes a night i think maybe
1: yeah yeah i i don't think the starter um, thing is going to be uh, in the cards here. I, I don't see that as being realistic. Eric goes, we can give you some DMP CDs. I, I don't think that was also the pitch. I don't think that's very um, persuasive. I think backup point guard is actually like a pretty substantial role at this point in the season on a, on a legit contender. And I think, I think that's good enough. And I think that's what's, the, if anything was promised, I think it was like, we don't have an established backup point guard. Like we literally have the 60th overall pick from several months ago, auditioning for it right now. I'm sure, I I don't even know if you have to promise that he like for sure has it. Like, I think if you pitch to an established NBA player that like, all you have to do is beat out the 60th overall pick from a few months ago, and you can be our primary backup point guard. I feel like that should be enough to almost fire up Austin Rivers a little bit and be like, yeah, I think I can handle that. (laughs) I feel like that's in my wheelhouse to be better than uh, a 25 year old who was just drafted. But We'll see, but I, I don't, I don't, I mean, he'd have to be insanely good to actually have a case for the, the two guard spot. I, I don't think that would be in the cards for, uh, for rivers.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. I think the bucks, you bring up a good point. They do have like the second best role to offer throughout the entire league, or at least they did going into buyout season. Like, Probably the best one was just filled with the starting center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, that trump that right was now. such a
1: that's such a trump card for them. I they were gonna get, I think, whatever center they probably wanted to get.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like that that's by far the best available role in the buyout market. But like now the Bucks that they now they have the best one, right? Because it's backup point guard for an actual contend actual contender. Like, that's a role. That's a legit role on this team. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that's what promises were made to Austin Rivers.
1: Yeah, I think that's an under at thing when it comes to the buyout guys. It's like there's very rarely a money difference. I think the Knicks were trying to, like, actually sign Drummond to a real contract and just I think that's the him.
2: only reason that he was linked to the Knicks.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, but they—I mean—they don't even have as many, as much of a role for him as the Lakers. Like, role is what these guys are going to be looking for the most. And yeah, Andre Drummond being able to start on a team that presumes to have LeBron and AD back this season—I've heard, I've heard some whispers that they're very, very concerned about what's going on with AD right now, and and there's there's a lot of fear in Lakerland about that whole situation. But it is, it's it still
2: a very scary situation.
1: It is a very it's there's nothing guaranteed right now I think is the way they're looking at it for this run like they're they're not feeling very confident at all in these two but I, I assume LeBron gets back and even even if you're drumming even that even if you assume like AD's not able to play consistent minutes for the rest of the year you still get to start on the team with LeBron right like there's not much better value rehab than playing on LeBron's team for almost every player very rarely it doesn't work out to the point where it hurts your stock so I think it's kind of a no-brainer from him. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. The full – the primary backup point guard for the Bucs is is probably up there. I still can't believe LaMarcus signed with the Nets. Like, what role is he going to have? Like, it's the same thing as Blake. Like, I thought they had the washed 4-5 who can contribute a little bit on offense and, you know, is good for team morale and everything. I thought they had that covered already. I have no idea how they plan to play all of these – guys who I think are better than Blake and, and uh, LMA at this point. But I, I'm honestly fine with the Nets getting Aldridge because I feel like he would have actually had a role in Miami. I, I have no idea what his role is going to be in Brooklyn. But if he takes minutes from Jeff Green, who always seems to shoot 85% from three against the Bucks, I'm probably not going to complain.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm not going to complain. If it's, uh, if it's Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge trying to guard Giannis and P.J. Tucker, like, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, man. Bobby like, Portis? I, like, Bobby Portis would cook Lamarcus Aldridge at this
1: point. Oh yeah, I think Bobby is straight up better than Lamarcus at this point. That's the thing. It's like these names are so good, but I had the actual players. I just, I, I think it's, there's so like, much it's overhype. The, it's
2: the 14 15 All NBA team. I tweeted this out. Literally, beso- <laughs> like all of these players, like Kyrie Irving, James Harden. The only player who didn't make it was Kevin Durant because he was hurt. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kyrie, Harden, LaMarcus, Blake, even DeAndre Jordan made third team that year. It's just wild. Like, it's 2020-2021. LaMarcus,
1: LaMarcus, I think, was ninth in MVP voting in 2017. There's a fun fact for you.
2: Was I always okay. forget how
1: lo- how long his uh, his Spurs tenure was. Carlos is saying Miami has a hole at the four. No Jake Crowder, no Olenek, no Derrick Jones Jr. I think their hope is Trevor Ariza and, like, some Jimmy Butler, honestly. But – yeah. I think in, in all the, the celebrating over their moves and we kind of assume that we're going to get LaMarcus. This is actually kind of nice that they, yeah. they didn't get him. I think um, just be, I mean, we're, we're low on him, but like, they just, they need players who can play with BAM. I think at least Lamarcus's shooting would have helped a little bit. That's the issue with their team is there's just so outside of Duncan, who's not Duncan Robinson who's not been that good this year. Harrow who's been up and down and Dragic who hasn't really been able to consistently play well. Still don't have a lot of shooting there. And like, Duncan Robinson is such a one-dimensional player. I think it's it's kind of tough. It's like the Bryn Forbes thing where he's not. You know what he's going to add, and I think there's you can do a little bit about that in the playoffs, especially. You know, Miami doesn't have the Giannis level guy who's going to command that much attention. I do think their their shooting hole is going to cost them eventually. Um, Eric asked a good question. Predictions for the six-game road trip: Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Kings, Warriors, Mavericks. Six games. That's a tough road trip, but almost not as tough as it seems.
2: Yeah, the Lakers uh, are really banged up, as we had mentioned. They're, Andre Drummond is probably their best player now.
1: Him and THT, man.
2: My goodness. I can't believe people thought that actually THT was the holdup for getting Kyle Lowry.
1: I, I, I'm i almost off hearing that there's some accuracy to that. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't believe it either. It's um,
2: very, very difficult to believe. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: five 9 p.m. local oh starts in a row. No. We're going to be zombies this week, folks. Oh, no. Um, lots I think of coffee. W- lots, lots, yeah. of,
2: lots of evening coffee.
1: <laughs> Big coffee scene. I think they win four of these games, though.
2: I think they win five.
1: Ooh. Really, five? Bucks are kind of banged up, too, is the issue.
2: And they almost won. Well, yeah. I, they probably should have won.
1: Probably, but I don't really look at that the next game is uh, replicable.
2: I will say, I think it does energize the team a lot though. Right. And especially sure. considering this was uh, this game against the Knicks was really sort of a rest game. <laughs>
1: yeah. For that's most fair. of the
2: players, like even Bud was saying like, yeah, they, they don't expect them to miss much time because of this, like at all. So that's kind of like hint, hint, like this is a rest game. So I think they're going to be energized. I think the last time they had a West coast road trip, they had a losing streak. So <laughs> I think this team, especially with the mentality that they have, they're going to want to rectify that. And they've been on a roll. This is their first, like second loss in 14 games. And it's because they were starting like the Wisconsin herd. So I don't know. I feel like they're going to win five, six they're, They They got to get on a roll eventually. And I think, I think this is the time to do it. This is the time to prove yourself.
1: Yeah. You know, I think I agree. Um, I guess I thought some, I thought there was actual, is there, is Bobby Portis the only one in COVID protocol now, or are there two guys? I thought there were two guys for some reason. Oh, if it's just Bobby and Dante just has plenty of, oh guys, they're not really banged up then. Um, oh, I'll hear, um, from Eric name, Giannis, Dante, Drew, or Chris are not expected to have long-term absences. So, um, PJ has the calf strain, calf strain, Bobby is health and safety. Karuks just punt him into the sun, and then the, the main guys aren't hurt. Okay, so they're not really that banged up then. Um, get well soon, Bobby. Yeah, I just think five is just so tough with a road trip, especially a West, a West Coast road trip.
2: I don't know. I mean, yeah. The Clippers are probably the best team they're going to face,
1: right? What's funny is I could totally see them, like, winning the Clippers game and then, like, losing to Sacramento and Portland or something.
2: Sacramento's actually been good, uh, but just I want to see what Drew Holiday is going to do to De'Aaron Fox. Oh,
1: yeah. That'll be fun. That's a fun matchup. I hope both guys play in that game.
2: And especially Dame again. Dame's going to Dame's gonna have PTSD and just be put in the hell cage again. Uh, man, <laughs> I I love Drew Holiday, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot Norm is with Portland now. That's oh, a great shoot. call. That's the Norm, Norm's lost. footing up here. Yeah, yeah the Portland's lost. the loss. Portland's the loss. That's, a, that's an issue. Um, but I do think I will like uh, Dame versus – this is like the Drew Holiday road trip. Like I want to see – Dame versus Drew. I want to see Fox versus Drew. I wish Steph was playing; that would be Luca. fun. Luca versus Drew is going to be fun. Yeah, this this hopefully Drew is able to play in a lot of these Steph, games.
2: Yeah. Wait, is Steph still going to be out? We'll see. I
1: think he is. I think he is.
2: Are the Warriors just punting the season? At this I point?
1: think they are quietly. Steph
2: they refuse to run.
1: They refuse to run pick and roll man get fed up stuff demand the trade get out of here Justin says stuff should be back I think we'll see I, I thought another I thought the tailbone I thought it was a matter of weeks but I could be wrong on that wouldn't be the first time I've gotten injury stuff wrong on the pod
2: it wouldn't be the first time I got something wrong on this uh, episode
1: it happens man it happens I have one more thing I want to talk about before we get going one other guy who was released I think you were getting there before we uh before we took a caller and had some more questions.
2: Oh, Jeff Teague.
1: Oh, I was gonna say Jabari Parker.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, what should the Bucks sign Jabari Parker? No. If we're bringing back the 15 team, Rohan. No. Tied. No?
2: Tied. Tied. no. No. <laughs> no.
1: Probably we're not, not doing this. We're no, not. I doing don't this. think so. I don't
2: think so. I've... It's like, what is he gonna do?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's the. There's. He's there's he no can't way he can actually play. Actually,
2: play basketball. Like. The thing is with Brandon Knight, we don't know if he can play basketball. With Jabari, we know he can't play basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. I don't. I don't think so either. Get Greg Monroe <laughs> off the couch. Who says no? <laughs> Not
2: me. Not me. Honestly, I <laughs> would take Greg Monroe over Jabari Parker for sure.
1: Uh, I think Monroe is in Germany somewhere right now. Yeah. John Henson. Uh, John Henson, you could really talk me into. I think there's something there still. Um, but then again, they don't need a center. They don't need a four who can't. Really,
2: do anything. Oh, he can Sorry. roll
1: to the basket. That's about can it. Can he? And that's, uh, I'd, I'd supposedly, supposedly with Atlanta, he could.
2: I'm th- like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Like, I know the guy's been through a lot.
1: Yeah. But yes.
2: It's just, it's not feasible at this point. No. It really isn't. And there's no place to really play him anyway.
1: So. No, exactly. That's what I mean. There's absolutely no. He cannot play the three at all. Just not able to defend that position. So. The four and five. Too often. Yeah, we we certainly have. Um, you know, I hope he gets a spot somewhere. Maybe they could do another G League bubble and you play with the herd. I don't know, man. Uh I don't know. But yeah, I uh I I'm out on Jabari. I had to bring it up. Teague is a free agent. I I think if you get Rivers, you kind of skip Teague and and I would rather wait and let Teague sign somewhere else, I think, than sign Rivers and Teague right away.
2: Yeah, for sure. I there's there's no point. There's no rush to sign Jeff Teague. Like I just, uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get what's happened to Jeff Teague, man. He's just, if you, if you go on like Celtics Twitter, which is not a fun place to be. Oh, they
1: hate him.
2: Oh yeah. They, they were packing his bags for him. They might hate yeah. him more than they hated Kyrie.
1: Seriously. Which is like, you know, that's usually with a guy like that, I would say, you know, maybe on a better team. And it's fun to take shots at the, uh, at the Celtics, of course, you know, around 500 this year, classic eighth seed, but like they have scoring threats there and the fact that they still hated him that much. Like when he got to play with some of like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all that, that's concerning. Like it's not like they're without offensive talent. They just have a weird, badly put together team Shouts to Danny Ainge and future Indiana head coach, Brad Stevens. But woo, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm concerned. I mean, I still think that he's probably better than, than they think he is, but I would just rather have Austin rivers. And then, Let's let's see what else happens with Brandon Knight potential 10 day and you know I, I'm not holding my breath for Otto porter, but God would that be a home run?
2: That would be Eric brings up uh Frank Mason as an interesting prospect. Uh I think he did he sign a 10 day somewhere?
1: Well he was with Orlando and then I thought he got hurt. But I could be wrong on that. He got waived uh, by Orlando and is hurt. Yeah. So I, I don't think if he's not able to play this year, I don't think they would sign him at this point. Um. Oh God, there's a different Frank Mason who got 26 years in prison for murder. Not the basketball yeah, that's player. That's what I
2: though. just saw too. Not the basketball player. Gonna... <laughs>
1: that's Glenn Frank Mason the fourth, allegedly. Allegedly. Um. Thank goodness. I was very concerned. I saw him going live to talk about Kansas the other day. I was like, wait, was that? I should have clicked on that. That might have been uh, a legendary live. But no, he's uh, Frank Mason, just a free agent, I think, at the, at the time. But, um. What injury? Do we know what injury he had?
2: It was, I think it was. I'm, I'm not even going to guess honestly. Like I was going to say it's a foot injury, but I'm probably wrong.
1: That does sound right, but I'm not. I'm not positive, but yeah. Um, you the groin maybe. That sounds accurate too. It's weird. There's no news story. Oh, it's a groin injury. Yeah.
2: Cool. I'm wrong again.
1: Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, they don't really say how long he's going to be out. I, I wouldn't hate it, but again, that's one that I'd wait and see. Maybe do a ten wave, ten day first. Um, and then, and then make your decision. doesn't that playoff
2: there. experience with the Bucks—that's
1: true. Bucks playoff legend Frank Mason, baby.
2: No, I, no, I don't know. Wikipedia, like Google, still thinks he's a he's a Milwaukee Buck, which is interesting.
1: Have, have you seen the post where it's like just stuff Google is horribly wrong about?
2: No, I haven't. Like
1: someone will Google, like I don't know, like when did did Vermont secede from the Union, and it'll end up saying like yes, yada yada yada, like. I don't know why I thought it's such a serious example, but there's some good ones out there. <laughs> don't don't trust the Google populated info. Is the takeaway from this from this podcast?
2: For sure. Craig Mason is not currently a Milwaukee Buck, so
1: unless there's more breaking news.
2: Oh no, there's not.
1: Confused. He's not. He's not. Yeah.
2: Okay. I looked at my phone, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think we're just gonna get the one point guard linked to Milwaukee today. Oh, I guess two point guards linked to Milwaukee today. One supposed to sign today. Hopefully we get not the today.
2: not today. He he needs to get waived. So oh, he has a to clear days. waivers. I think he's waived. So, he has to
1: clear waivers. Is the thing? Yeah,
2: assuming the transaction is today. I think uh, I think Jordan Tresky, a good friend on Twitter, said Tuesday. Yeah, I think
1: release. it's three days. Three days, I believe, is how long he's on. And uh, Jordan also mentioned earlier he could be claimed on waivers, but with the, the with trade the trade exception. exception right? But I think that basically takes you up over the tax. So they're not going to do that. The, the plus side of doing that would be you get the two non-guaranteed years after this year. So just a ton of team control. It's unfortunate that the trade deadline has already passed. Cause like if you could dump Karuk's salary and, and move some money around that, I'd be very intrigued in doing that, but I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, it, it might, you never know. That might be the uh, sort of incentive for him to come to the Bucks, as he can still make that more money that way actually no it would he would make more money if he was waived and
1: then it's not up to him though like he's waived already he would it's like he he just gets claimed it's not it's not his call
2: yeah but i'm sure that's disgust
1: yeah probably but is he gonna ask out i don't think so
2: yeah especially considering there's mutual interest on the team like exactly you're not gonna claim a guy who already wants to not play for uh your team and play for a different team. You're, that's just not something that's going to happen.
1: Maybe. The Does Celtics would do it. Where, the
2: Celt- oh, the Celtics would 100% do the it. That's why no it. other yeah. team would really do it.
1: <laughs> um, last thing before we wrap, Cameron points out in the chat, legendary Frank Mason, 18 assists per 36 in the playoffs with the Milwaukee Bucks. It sounds like the dimer they need, Rohan.
2: He honestly might be, but like Eric mentioned earlier, they already have the so. That's true. If the got a triple double last night, I don't know if I would have survived. I, like, love I might it have so just straight much, up man. had a heart attack.
1: The Bud quote on him after the game was so nice too.
2: Wait, what was it?
1: Well, like basically, just you know, he puts in the work, and we're really pleased with his performance. Classic Bud. He's never going to say that much,
2: but oh wait, didn't he say like, oh, he had more freedom tonight? Yes, he had like more that.
1: freedom tonight. <laughs> like, yeah, we could tell, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you think? Do you think the pregame huddle was just like? Yeah, just just do whatever you want, man. Just YOLO like at Yeah, I
1: feel like the two times they've really let that happen, both worked out pretty damn well. The Denver game yeah, like, where he started yep. and guarded Jokic and this game, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, he's good.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm nervous to say it.
2: Okay, like, he's been good. There's no denying that. I know he's such a polarizing player in like Buck's discourse, but he's actually been good.
1: He's been good when he's been unleashed. He might be the secret weapon.
2: Yeah, like without him, they're not close in that game. Oh, for sure. Justin like he says... Was,
1: he was the best player on the court. Justin says Bud has been holding him back. He might be. What if Giannis is right and the Atetokoun bros are all actually really good? Maybe you get all four of them on one team and it's like they're just
2: unstoppable. There's only one way to find out, Ty.
1: I'm honestly down, bro. Like, why not?
2: Yeah. So I saw a tweet uh during the game. I uh I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> it was like uh we we really signed Giannis to a contract extension so we could keep the NASA's.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is uh I love it. I love it. Oh, and I got another tweet about Drummond signing to the uh to the Lakers, just so you know.
2: Oh, uh, it's the story, though. It's the story. Oh, this is
1: the okay. This is the news story. He attends the San. Just, to sign to just
2: the tweet, just written out more.
1: Yeah, the the star players in front office have been recruiting him hard.
2: Okay, sure. Let's see how that works it's, out later. It's so.
1: great for my fantasy team. That's all I know.
2: I, my fantasy team is awful. Mine is I, had, too. I had AD in one league, and it just it went it went awfully wrong.
1: I think I actually picked up Drummond pretty early, and he literally has not played since, like, early February because he just wanted to leave.
2: Fair. Oh, Cameron, there's uh, two open roster spots. There's two more. at out pros I mean, one's playing overseas and one's on the Lakers, so that's a little difficult. Alex
1: is not eligible to play in the league yet,
2: I don't think. No, he's not because he's doing his uh, post-grad uh, year, post-high school grad year overseas. Oh,
1: God. So – I wonder if they're gonna buy like pick fifty seven in this draft and take him. They might, honestly. Is <laughs> actually is he is he more highly regarded than that? I don't think so. It'll be interesting. Oh god, please not the Houston pick.
2: Oh no. Oh, I don't no, think no, so. No. I don't think
1: so. Justin just said Rocket's second rounder. I don't know. We'll have to see what is if we'll have to see it, how he's regarded.
2: Okay, let's go to NBADraftRoom.com. I'm a little
1: nervous. I'm a little nervous. Um, and then Castus is still, I think, fairly happily with the Lakers.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's still he's still on a two way with the Lakers. Um, NBA draft dot, NBADraftRoom.com says he's a possible pick in the 2021 NBA draft.
1: That's a pretty ringing endorsement.
2: I mean, it's more than what Costas got.
1: It's true. Castus played six games this year, career high. Alex had yeah. one college offer. Oof. oof Okay, um, maybe not then. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, we would have said the same about the Nasus, so.
2: That's true. That's honestly true.
1: You never know until you Thinassus know. The
2: Nasus was drafted, though, early second round, right?
1: Yeah, by the Knicks, right? hmm All, oh, all yeah, defensive. was
2: a revenge game. All
1: defensive G League team uh, member, the Nasus at Hedekumpo. Fun fact.
2: Oh, he was the 51st pick, so not an early. <laughs> okay. All
1: right, all right. I, I think I think this is where we at Now that we're talking about where Gnosis was drafted and and what oh, pick wait, they're no, going to use was Alex. drafted.
2: He was the last pick in that draft. I remember by the Mavs.
1: So that so I that, like that uh, Teddy bros picked 50 whatever 60th, 15th, and now we'll see where Alex goes. I'm guessing closer to the uh, the lower two than Giannis.
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty eighteen Greek League MVP. Was he really?
1: Yeah, Thanasis balled out in the Greek League, dude. And have no. you seen the clips of him like defending inbounds over there? No. Oh, um, we'll have to get those sent to you. Oh my he's, goodness! Uh, he's a I freak need all of court. this content. He's a freak on the court and a freak in the sheets. Oh my God. Is what I'll say about what I've seen.
2: Goes all out, man. Oh, no. I don't know if I want to see this. Yeah, well, you're going <laughs> to have to now. Okay, I actually do want to see this. But, yeah, we, we've we definitely reached the end of this episode, haven't we, Ty? Yes, I believe we have. Okay, uh, if there's nothing else that we see in the chat as I do this outro, I guess we'll say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep live on Locker Room as we do every Sunday, Buckstock Radio. We covered a lot of topics here. We did our... We did our stock market. We have these buyout news. We've gotten distracted, as always. Now we're talking about the NASA's highlights uh, where he's uh, referred to as a freak in the sheets, so I'm I'm very concerned here. Uh, (laughs) So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening if you're here live or whether you're listening to the recorded podcast. If you are listening to this recorded podcast, make sure to give us a follow on Locker Room so you can be here live, but also leave a rating on Apple or subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Check out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire Podcast Network. Stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.